Welcome, friends, to our second season of the Reynolds Rap Podcast. I'm your host, Ray Reynolds, and this podcast is meant to encourage and bless you as you seek to live an authentic life in Christ Jesus. If you haven't already done it, please hit that subscribe button to get updates on original content each week. And also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, and online at rayreynoldsrap.com. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Hey there, rappers. It is good to be with you again today. Thank you so much for tuning into the program, and I hope that it is a blessing to you every single time you have an opportunity to listen to this positive and practical podcast. You know, one of the privileges I have as a minister uh, is to be able to work with some great congregations, and each congregation I've worked for has had some unique works that have been a tremendous blessing to either the community or possibly even to the entire world through various ministries and missions. And my time here at Summerdale, I've had the privilege of working with Billy Lambert in the Getting to Know Your Bible program. And if you haven't checked that out, you need to do that. Go to gettingtoknowyourbible.com and you can see uh, the platforms we're on. You can see us on Daystar, Cowboy Channel, GBN, a lot of other places uh, online. Uh, We're on the YouTube channel, so go check those out. And in the time I've been able to work with uh, this program for the past few months, Billy's been down because of his back surgery, and uh, the, I was asked to guest host a few programs. So I wanted to pause uh, for from the live recordings and give you one of these programs. Now, if you if you follow the program, you may have already heard this one or seen it before on YouTube. But I just felt like it was good for us to share it and on this this broadcast to encourage you a little bit. So uh, this is one of those broadcasts. I hope you enjoy it. Joshua was the protege of Moses. As you read through the Old Testament, you begin to learn about Moses as a character. You can see some of the things from his example and from his teaching, and it's very quick to understand and to learn from the Bible that Moses was a fantastic leader. Sure, Moses has his faults. There are some things that maybe some challenges that he had to overcome. But overwhelmingly, we see Moses as a great leader. He led the children of God out of Egypt and into, or at least up to the border of the promised land. Throughout Moses' leadership, he chose to raise up behind him a protege. And as he mentors this young man, Joshua, Joshua is going to take the reign as they enter into the land that God had promised them. As you open up your Bible and you begin to read in Joshua chapter 1, it is very quick for you to see that uh, Joshua had learned so much from Moses that even his style of teaching and his style of leadership followed that of this great man, Moses. Today we're going to be studying in Joshua chapter 1, beginning at verse 5, and we're going to talk about some keys to successful living. Now, today in our world, People want to monitor your success and and look at your success based on how much money you have, on the possessions that you have, on the influence that you have, maybe even some of the accolades that you have throughout your life. But that's not the way God judges whether or not a person is successful. And in Joshua's uh, very first speech to the people, he wants them to know these are the things you need to have if you're going to be successful. So I want to read with you Joshua chapter 1, beginning at verse 5. And I'm reading from the New King James Version. It says, No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage, 
For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. The message that God had given to Moses is the same message that was given to Joshua. God wants Joshua to encourage the children of Israel to be strong and to be of good courage. Now, if you know about Joshua's story, you realize that back earlier on in the text of the uh, Old Testament, we find that Joshua was part of a small group of spies that were sent in to look at the land. There were 12, in fact. And as they were sent in to look at the land, Numbers tells us that only two came back with a positive report. That was Joshua and Caleb. And those two men stood firm that they knew they could go in and conquer the promised land. They could defeat the giants and they could enjoy the bounty of what God had promised. The other 10 spies, of course, said, absolutely not. We don't think we can take the land. They were afraid of everything that was there and they gave a negative report. Joshua now has got his opportunity. He takes the same message God gave to Moses. He presents it to the people of God. And he said, now it's time for us to be of good courage. It's now time for us to have this great uh, bounty that God has provided. This desire to be successful, I think, lives and resides within most of us. We really want to do well. We want to be able to, to look good in what we do and to succeed in everything we do. And oftentimes, we allow pride to get in the way. We don't look at it as if we need to give God glory, honor, in the things that we accomplish. We'd rather take the praise for ourselves. And in this, I want you to see that Joshua's plainly saying, these are things that God has given you. These are things that God has blessed you with. And God is the one who wants to provide. In this basic desire to be successful, Joshua follows the model of Moses to give God the honor and the glory. And you know, if we look at Joshua's life, you know, he had to have a little bit of fear in him. Uh, as God reminds him, be you know, be of good courage, don't be afraid, I'll be with you. That message is passed on to the children of Israel. But we know he had to be afraid in some way. You look at the giants that he was going to have to encounter. You look at the, the way they were going to have to go in and take this land when they spent 40 years wandering around the desert. In fact, as we read in Psalm 90, Moses had in fact recognized in that psalm that he wrote that they had basically wandered in circles and conducted funerals. He says, Lord, teach us to number our days. And as they begin to number their days, they realize that they're walking in circles and doing funerals and people are dying left and right. And now in this moment, Joshua says it's time for us to go in and do what God asks us to. He says, I know that God will be with us. God promises never to leave or to forsake his people. Now, this is not just something that's seen here in Joshua. It's something that was said also to Moses. And he reiterates that to the people of God. It's something that is said to us even in the New Testament, in the book of Hebrews. And we're reminded that God promises whenever he asks us to do something, whenever he compels us 
to do something. He will give us the strength and he will give us the courage to endure it, to accomplish it, because that's the kind of God he is. As God gives this promise to Joshua and to the people, he has the strength and leadership to stand up and say he believes it. In the world we live in today, in order to be successful, sometimes you have to take a stand for something you don't believe in. Sometimes in order to succeed in a job or in a place of business, maybe you have to do something that you, you feel is wrong. And that's not the way God has asked his people to live and conduct themselves in this world. Joshua knew what was right. He'd seen it in Moses' daily living, and he had listened to the commands of God. The promise is stated here in verse 5 very plainly. He says, I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. And then verse 6, in that promise, you need to, quote, be strong and of good courage. Now, think about Moses for just a minute. He was raised up in Pharaoh's household, and God had provided for him and watched over him, even as he grew up in the king's house, in the king's court, in the household of Pharaoh. He learned exactly who he was. Later on, it tells us that he recognizes he needs to be among his people. Somehow, throughout his life, he realized his place was not among the Egyptians, but in fact, among the Israelites. As he left the king's court and as he left Pharaoh's house, the Bible tells us in the book of Exodus that he left, he ran away, and spent 40 years on his own. It's where he met his wife and his father-in-law, Jethro, and as he begins his work there as a shepherd, he's being trained. Uh, little did he know at the moment in which he was out in the wilderness and learning how to shepherd sheep, that he would end up shepherding the people of God. As he is reclaimed back to Egypt through the burning bush, he goes back to Egypt along with his brother Aaron and through the plagues, reveals to Pharaoh it's time for the people of God to go. And as they leave Egypt and head towards the promised land, Moses is the one who is carrying the staff in the front as they part the Red Sea. He's there, the one marching and taking the lead as they walk right up to the borders of the land that had been promised not only to these Israelites, but 400 years prior to their generations before, to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob and to the 12. Throughout the time that Moses spent as a leader in showing Joshua exactly what he needed to do, notice he parts the Red Sea. He does exactly what God asks. He even tells the Israelites that you need to stand still and watch what God's about to do. And as God parts the Red Sea, it is Moses who is standing in the front. It's Moses who leads them across the dry ground and watching the Egyptians perish in the sea. As they march through the wilderness, it is Moses and Joshua by his side that will make their way up Mount Sinai. They will receive the commands of God, the Ten Commands on two tablets of stone. And it is Moses and Joshua who will come down that mountain and present that message to the Israelites. And as those words are recorded in the book of Exodus and repeated again in the book of Deuteronomy, we see Moses again with that terrific example and Joshua learning as his protege how to lead the people of God. And not only that, we see some of the things that uh, Moses accomplished in uh, heading right up to the promised land, leading them right there. And just before his death, letting them know Joshua was going to take the lead. In the second part of this promise, notice it says he'll never leave us and forsake us. Moses had, you know, talked about that to Joshua and to the people. 
It says there in verse 6 that you need to be strong and good courage. If we want to be successful as Christians living in the world today, we not only remember what God has done and what God can and will do in us, the promise that is stated, but also that we have a part in that promise being fulfilled. As we go through our life, we realize we have to make choices. And sometimes we make choices that we regret and we look back and say, I just wish I could have done better. I wish I could have realigned my priorities. We look now at the New Testament and passages like Matthew 6 and verse 33 that we're supposed to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Well, how did it work out for Joshua? As you keep reading through your book of the Bible, the, the book of Joshua, you're going to see by chapter 24, before his death, he reminds the people of Israel that he and his household were going to serve the Lord. And they did. And by his example, the example that was taught to him by Moses, they continued to teach. And they taught their children how to live faithfully. Now, as we see here, the courage that we need, the strength that we need, it's important for us to look deep within ourselves and say, what do I need to do to be a better faithful follower of God? Through this uh, broadcast, we encourage you to study your Bible. And certainly that's one way you can deepen your faith and gain greater courage and strength from God's Word. Every time we open the Bible, there is a message on each page that was written directly for us. Oftentimes when we read through books, even in the New Testament, we see them addressed to, say, the Corinthians or to the Ephesians. And we say, well, wasn't this letter specifically written to them? Well, of course it was. But there's a reason why God has preserved it for generation after generation. There is a message within each page of the Bible that is directed towards you and towards me. You know, when we look at the Bible as a whole, this Bible was written not just for people in the past, but for us today. This is our story. All of us are connecting the dots as we look at the book of Genesis, and we see there the story of Adam and Eve. That's our great, 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 great grandmother and grandfather. We're all connected to the Garden of Eden. And as we go through the scriptures, we see what God has consistently done to be able to help his people, to bring Christ into the world, to save us from our sins. And as we read the New Testament, how he now wants us to worship and how he wants to conduct our daily living. So we need to have courage and we need to read the word of God in order to do that. You know, I think about Romans chapter 10 and verse 17, where it reminds us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Notice here also in verses 6 through 7, there is a duty that is given to the people of God that they could enjoy. He says, be strong and be of good courage. And then he says down later on, do not turn from this to the right or to the left. There are times throughout our lives where we're given challenges that we may end up getting discouraged. And there are people who have turned away from God. They have allowed the trial that they're in, the misery that they're struggling with, to influence them to leave the fold of God. Maybe you know people like that, that they've just said, I just give up, I, I'm, I'm so discouraged. It is in those moments in our life where we need to take up courage. And we need to say that we, we know that there is a God, and we know that God is with us, and we know that God has promised never to leave us or forsake us. I remind people quite frequently that even in the moments of life when we're frustrated and discouraged and we feel that we're all alone, we are never alone. God is always right there beside our side. Even if we want him there or not, God is always there beside us. 
God wants to give you the strength to get through it. The problem isn't God's faithfulness. It's my willingness, my willingness to say I believe in God, that I trust in God, and I gain my strength and courage from God. He says to be strong. First of all, I want you to notice that being strong means to be strong both in our body and in our mind, and and we might also add in our spirit. Following God takes every ounce of our being. So we need to be strong in our body. Many people will work on, uh, you know, d- uh, dumbbells and, and work in gymnasiums to be able to work on their strength. They will run on treadmills and steppers to be able to gain strength. They will have leg days and arm days to be able to try to gain strength to get their body in uh, a more healthy shape. But we'll do the same thing when it comes to the way we eat. We'll take vitamins and we'll eat certain foods that can help us. And we, we, we eat a lot of protein and things like that. But our body is just part of our essence of our being. We also need to strengthen our mind. That's the reason why this encouragement here is not just to think about what God has said, but what we're going to do about it. Anybody can read the Bible. Anybody can study and even memorize the Bible. But what are you going to do with it? How are you going to apply it? What are you going to do now that this information is laid in your hands? Not long ago, I had a a bookcase that I was trying to build at my home. And I had built a bookcase like this before. I was pretty uh, consistent in that I could get it done in just about 30 minutes. I I built these kinds of bookcases, so I knew it wasn't going to take much. I even knew what tools to bring to the table as I worked on it. And for some reason, I got in my mind that I didn't need to have the instructions that I'd done this, I I could handle it. And as I began to put together the bookcase, I realized the project was much more difficult when I didn't have the instructions there. You know, life is like that. The times are tough, but if you have the instruction manual, you have the Bible, if you study it, you read it, and you apply it, it's going to help. That instruction manual did me no good left in the box or over on the side of the table. But once I flipped it open, I began to see some of the things that I had overlooked And it's the same way when it comes to reading the Bible. We see things that we've overlooked. We need to have courage to do what God has said. Again, Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. But what good is it to hear the word of God if I'm not going to apply it? We live in a very difficult time today where people are often persecuted for their Christian faith. And they're told you shouldn't be so vocal about being a faithful Christian. Brethren, friends, let me tell you, as we read through the story of Joshua, we learn that this is a man and this is a group of people that were finally understanding that if you ever want to accomplish anything in your life, you have to take a stand for what is right. It's never wrong, my mother used to tell me. It's never wrong to do the right thing. This is the key to successful living. As we keep reading, we also see that in order to do this, you have to have strong convictions. You can't be wishy-washy. Even Paul will speak of this in the New Testament. If you take a stand for something, people know where you are. They know what you believe. Do you have people that are around you that are, that are wishy-washy and making promises and fulfilling vows? It's discouraging. And we want to make sure that we're a person of our word. God is a person, if you will, of his word. God will always do what he has promised. And we also need to have strong convictions We need to take a stand for what is right and let people know what the scriptures teach. In doing this, we take a stand to defend the truth. 
When someone says something that is false, it concerns us. We don't want to have that false message or false narrative. We want to correct it. Jesus says in John 14 and verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He'll also say in John 8, 32, that it's important to understand that the truth can set us free. Now, if the truth sets us free, what does that mean? That means it gives us the freedom to understand what is right and the difference between what is right and what is wrong. If you have children like I do, I have te- teenage boys, and it's, it's difficult sometimes to try to tell them and teach them. You know, the world says it's okay to do wrong things. There are video games that promote things that are evil, like robbing stores and things like that, or doing uh, killing and things like that. As we read through uh, the books that our teenagers are reading, the music that they listen to, it promotes a negative image. And so we as parents have to take a stand and say those things are not right. That's not what we do. If we want to be followers of Jesus, we have to be kind. We have to show love. We need to bear the fruit of the Spirit. So as we see, defending the truth also means understanding the difference between what is false and what is true. In order to do that, we have to go back to the Word of God. What does the Bible say And how is it applied today? What does the scriptures teach regarding something? If someone teaches something and you say, it just didn't didn't quite sound right, go to the Bible. What does the Bible say about that particular thing? So take a stand for the truth. Also take a stand for unity in order to work together. In order to go into the promised land, Joshua had already learned that they needed all 12 of the spies to come together and say, we can do this. We can enter into this land they did not so Joshua understands you got to get everybody on the same page we need to be able to connect to people one of the wonderful things about the church is that God brings together a body of believers when you look around in your church family maybe you notice that there are people that don't look like you they don't talk like you in fact every Sunday morning one of the most humbling things to me when I assemble with the saints is I think about how many other people on that morning, maybe at that exact time, or maybe in a few hours in the future, or a few hours in the past, being that we're on a 24-hour cycle, on that day, there are saints all around the world on Sunday that are worshiping God, that are partaking of communion, that are laying aside an offering, that are listening to the Word of God be preached, they're singing songs, and they're praying together as a body of believers. There's unity. Jesus encouraged his disciples to have unity. In fact, he prays about it in John chapter 17. He even will say in his prayer, Lord, I pray, I hope that the disciples, that these you've given me will become one as you and I are. And look at that. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit united as one, one God. He says, I wish the disciples were that close and had that much unity. That's the kind of courage we need to take a stand for unity and also take a stand for leadership. We need genuine leaders today. We need people who take a stand for what is right, that know the difference between right and wrong, and listen to the people. Joshua was a person of the people. It's one of the reasons why he was such a successful leader. They knew him. They loved him. They appreciated him. And so notice that. Also, he was firm in his spirit. As Joshua continues his work among the people of God, they knew, again, what he stood for, and they knew that he had the courage to do it later Caleb, who also was one of those spies who had a good report, will say he's ready to take a mountain. He's ready to stand up and he's ready to fight. And that's a a great example for us to be firm in our spirits. There's no room for cowards 
in leadership. I've had churches I've worked for and businesses I have worked for where the people who were out in front leading did not have a spine. And you know what I mean. Uh, they did not take a stand, pretty much let anything go. I was at one place of business where we had a lady who was actually stealing money out of the register. And we had her caught on camera. And my boss was saying, you know, she's just going through a hard time. I really hate to say anything about it. And I said, well, if it's right, it's right. If it's wrong, it's wrong. And what she's doing is clearly wrong. In any other business, she would have been fired for what she was doing. And I understand compassion. I understand that you need to be loving and understanding. The woman's going through a tough time. But a strong leader would set her down and say, this is wrong. You can't do this. It's certainly not a key to success. And notice here, finally, the blessing that is received in verses 7 and 8. If you'll just keep following the word of God, you're going to be prosperous and you're going to have good success. And he closes with that thought, do not be afraid, do not be dismayed. The Lord, your God, is with you. If we want to prosper, we've got to remember God is with us and we've got to remember to do what God has called us to do. I want to thank you for listening and being a part of this program today. As I mentioned in the very beginning of our broadcast with Billy being out from back surgery, I'm filling in for a few weeks. And I want to encourage you, as he does, to keep reading your Bible. This is the most important book you'll ever read. It is the most popular book printed every single day. It's best-selling. It has been since it, there were record-keeping. There was record-keeping back in the beginning of, of, of records. The Bible is the most popular book ever written, and it's for a reason, because the message in it can change your life. I want to encourage you to read your Bible, and I want to encourage you to sign up for the free Bible correspondence course. This is absolutely free. It doesn't cost you anything. We'll pay even for the postage. I want to encourage you to get that course, study that course, and also want to encourage you to tell others about the program and let them know that we're here to encourage them and you to get to know your Bible. As you get to know the Bible, you're going to see God has a message for you, a message about salvation, a message about faithfulness, a message that can change your life here and ultimately for eternity. Thank you so much for watching the broadcast today. I want to again encourage you to come back and we want to, as Billy always closes each broadcast, remind you that we want the Lord to bless you and keep you. That is our prayer. We want to help you as much as possible in your search for a personal relationship with God. You can now easily access our free Bible correspondence course online at gettingtoknowyourbible.com. If there's any way we can help you grow closer to God, please email us at gettingtoknowyourbible at yahoo.com or call us anytime at 1-877-711-5214. Thank you so much for tuning in. I tell you, this was just a blessing to be able to participate in this great work and ministry and hope that you've been blessed by this particular broadcast on Getting to Know Your Bible. Uh, again, I want to encourage you to go to gettingtoknowyourbible.com and you can sign up for a free Bible correspondence course. You can see where we are available in your area, either through Dish Network, DirecTV, ATT UVerse, or on a local programming channel. And uh, continue to tune into this. I know Billy is on there most of the time. 
time. Uh, he hosts this program, does a great job. Occasionally I will fill in and uh, hope that, that it'll be a blessing to everyone who tunes in and everyone involved with the program. Love to have your help financially too as well. If you'd like to learn more about that, you can go to gettingtoknowyourbible.com and see how you can be a partner with us in this particular ministry. Uh, again, thank you so much for tuning in and hope that you are blessed by this program. I look forward to being with you again next time. Be sure and hit that subscribe button so that you can keep up with original content and you'll know when we are about to post something. Also check out the rayreynoldswrap.com website where there are weekly blogs. Sometimes there are two blogs a week, uh, free books that are available to you, Bible study guides that have been downloaded hundreds and hundreds of times. Appreciate your support for that. And also you can see some of our ministry partners and click some links to their particular sites. I hope you are blessed and remember to keep things positive and practical. I'm Ray Reynolds and that's a wrap. Thank you.